In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. After the reading of the Passion of our Lord, it seems foolhardy to step up and say anything, although preachers are called to do just that. So, here we are. A theologian has said that in Holy Week, Jesus placed himself in the order of signs. Holy Week is a numerous signs that Jesus enacts and participates and reveals himself in. And it's the symbol that Jesus is. He makes himself a symbol and a sign to communicate God's love. And this first sign that we see Jesus enacting is, in fact, the sign of his triumphal entry. The reason I'm using these quotation marks is that his triumphal entry is not really that triumphant. And, in fact, Jesus gets there late, goes into the courts of the temple, not into the temple himself, uh, and looks around And then he and his band leave and go back to Bethany. What sort of great triumph is that? If you read the scriptures, that's what happens. Well, let's talk a a little bit about this first sign. Signs say something. Signs have meaning. Signs are meant to communicate, to point to something. Sometimes the sign can be a communication in and of itself. Sometimes it says it's over there. But Jesus, of course, as the Son and Word of God, in his own wisdom, is enacting his own signs. So he is choosing to go into Jerusalem at the time that he does. Jesus is choosing, because he is the sign, uh, choosing to get on the donkey and to go into Jerusalem. Now, if he was really a king, he should have a big white horse, He should be looking ready for television, right? He should look like a great leader and a general, and he should have the stature. He should have royal emblems draping off the beautiful right horse because those would all be accepted and expected signs of royal power. But Jesus, who is the sign of God's love, gets on a donkey. He gets on a donkey and rides down. Now, Jesus knows what he's doing because he knows that he is, in fact, the true king of Israel. He is in the line of David, and he is the king of the royal city, Jerusalem. And in fact, he is the king of the entire world. He gets on the donkey To connect himself with the prophecy of Zechariah. The prophecy of Zechariah says this. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from the sea to sea and from the river To the ends of the earth. So Jesus knows exactly what he's doing because 
he is enacting a sign. Now, it's interesting, uh, the pilgrims were just up in Bethphage, and there's a church there, and the church commemorates what we're doing today. It commemorates uh, getting the donkey, being on the donkey, going through uh, the down the Mount of Olives for this Palm Sunday celebration, and there are lovely paintings on the walls of this church in Bethphage. And uh, we were there. But it takes a long time to get down the Mount of Olives. And then you have to go back up to get into the city of Jerusalem. It was a lot longer than our little procession here. It would have taken uh, a while to do that. And some of the people that were with Jesus, they were probably from Galilee. They weren't even uh, citizens uh, that lived anywhere around Jerusalem. And in their minds, they're thinking, you know what, this could be it. This might be our moment to shine. We're out in the country. We're not a part of the elite in Jerusalem. We're not part of the power players. We're from out in the country. But you know what? We have someone named Jesus who does miracles. He does things other people can't do, and we're with him. And we're entering the city of Jerusalem and something amazing might happen. And we're going to be a part of a new movement. He's going to be the new king and we're going to be somewhere in his cabinet. And they're excited about it. And that's partly why some of this palm waving is going on. But the way signs work is they mean different things to different people. And so Jesus, in enacting this sign is in fact having people hail him as a type of king, but it's not the king he's going to be. He is another type of king. And the people that were in the city of Jerusalem, they didn't seem to be very impressed by this band of people and their triumphant procession. And in fact, like I said, he left and they all marched back to Bethany, which is even past Bethphage. It takes a while to get out there again. But this is just the beginning of a number of signs that we call Holy Week, where Jesus will do things. He will enact to reveal things about God, things about his own uh, person, and things that we need to know. And so, getting on this donkey was truly a messianic act, a claim to be Israel's long-awaited anointed one, The one who would rule both Israel and, in fact, the world. Well, let's talk about the next sign. And the next sign, of course, is the sign of all signs, the sign of the cross. We are people of the sign. We are people of the cross. We have crosses all over the place, don't we? We have crosses in gold and in silver around our necks because we are people of the sign. We are people of the cross. And it is our sign because it is the sign that is the ultimate revelation of God's love and God's action in the world. That's why the cross is so important to us. But in this beginning of Holy Week, it's, re- it's important for us to go back And remember what that sign actually meant. The cross was a sign of royal power. It was the sign of royal imperial power. 
which said, I own you, and I own you, and I own you. And if you get out of line far enough, you will end up on that cross, and you will be naked, humiliated, disgraced, and then die. Because we say so. The state says so. It was a symbol of disgrace and execution, the cross. And it was a statement of Roman power. And this is how the world works, Rome would say. See the crosses? We know how to use those. That's what we wear around our neck. That's what we are celebrating the Holy Eucharist underneath a symbol that was taken by God and turned upside down. The mystery of the cross is that God used this sign, this sign of death, this sign of state power, this sign of coercion, this sign of shame, to reveal his love to the entire world. Isn't that amazing? That God, in Christ, in the action of the cross, would initiate a new covenant of forgiveness for everyone, Jew and Gentile, on that cross, that symbol of Roman power. That God would, in fact, bear the sins of the entire world and not retaliate, but bear them in order to end sin, in order to forgive sin... And to begin a whole new creation. It was in that sign, the sign of the cross, that Jesus was on the throne of his glory. Because that was the place in the mystery of his death that God revealed the greatest revelation that God can make in this world. And that is, I love you and my world my creation so much, I will die in order to recreate it. And so God fulfills God's self on the cross. It is God's reality, not Rome's reality. And so you can see how these signs play together. To one group of people, this sign means one thing. To another group of people, the sign means something very, very different. And so, this sign, this cross, where God fulfills his own revelation, the revelation of love for all of us, for the entire world, this is a sign of forgiveness, but also a sign of freedom. In his book, The Sign and the Sacrifice, a former Archbishop of Canterbury lets us know that it is also a sign of God's own freedom, which is just fascinating. Before I get to that point, though, I did skip over something that I don't want uh, you to do without. We actually have the earliest picture of the crucifixion. The earliest picture of the crucifixion. Do you know what it is? Well, it's scratched on a wall in Rome. It probably is as old as the second century, which means it's really old. But 
this earliest picture of the crucifixion is a shocking image because it is the picture, an etching of someone who is hanging on the cross, but this man has the head of a donkey. And then there is a person praying underneath it who has a short uh, tunic and you know that this person is a slave by how they're dressed, how they're drawn. And so underneath it is Alexa Minos worshiping his God. And so they think that in fact a fellow slave of Alexa Minos who is deriding him, making fun of his Christianity, depicts the Christian God as a man with a donkey head on the cross and foolish slave Alexa Minos is worshiping his God. But that sign, the sign of the cross, is the sign indeed of a crucified God. And there is no stopping this crucified God. Because the execution of Jesus is proof that the love of God is manifest in him. And it reveals what type of God we're talking about. Christians believe in God who is love who loves us so much that he would endure and enact the crucifixion crucifixion itself. That Jesus offered himself, in fact, and Jesus died very quickly on the cross, if you didn't know that. Most people would last for days until they finally became so exhausted that they suffocated. Jesus breathed his last because, in fact, he was in charge of the entire sign. Well, he truly died, though. But finally, I want to mention this aspect of freedom. This aspect of freedom is the sign of the cross as God's freedom and, therefore, our freedom, too. Because God cannot be stopped. God's love cannot be stopped. In fact, it's God's who is doing it, and nothing that we do can stop it. God's love on the cross for everyone is present. His mercy is going out for everyone, and people rejecting it, turning away from it, running from it, is not going to change it or stop it. In fact, our view of the sign and our participation in the sign is not going to change God's love. Because in the perfect freedom and the perfect love of God, God's love keeps coming to us, regardless of whether we accept it or reject it, whether we're having a good day or a bad day, whether we're having a particularly holy day or a particularly unholy day, it does not affect what God is doing in God's love that moves forward even through death itself. And so these signs are ways for us to have the revelation that we need to know that God's reality, God's love, God's revelation of love and his own Christ is where we need to be. It needs to be our life. We need to pursue that reality, not the reality of the state, not the reality of some religion that's going to tie you up, 
but the reality of the freedom of God's love that is in this sign, the cross. This week, we will rewind all the events that we went through today because we covered a whole week today, but Holy Week is about going back and covering some of the other signs, and I hope that you will choose to come and participate in these other signs like Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday, or come make a confession on Holy Saturday, but certainly don't miss the other great sign of God, the sign where all of the evil and the sin of this world could not destroy the love of God or the life of God in Christ Jesus as we gather for the glorious resurrection of Jesus. We are people of the sign, people of the cross, and therefore, in this Holy Eucharist, we ask to be nourished, to be humble like Jesus, to love like Jesus, to offer ourselves to one another like Jesus, to actually walk with Jesus to the cross and in him die and then through him be raised in glory and to celebrate truly the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen.